Hey podcast people, how's it going? Azrin the Language Nerd here. I hope you're having a fantastic Monday evening or whatever day and time it is for you right now as you are listening to this podcast episode. Today I would like to change the format of my podcast and try something brand new that I've never done before, which is tell you a story. And today's story is about an individual by the name of Sam who goes who tries to learn Japanese. I think if you listen to the story carefully, you will learn a variety of things that will help you become a more effective language learner. And more importantly, or maybe let's say equally importantly, perhaps even more importantly, I think you'll also learn some important life lessons because Sam has had a unique set of experiences. Now, the first thing we have to establish, of course, just like in any good story is, who is our main character? Who is Sam? Well, let me tell you. Sam grew up in New York City with his mother and his father. He grew up in a modest-sized apartment, a medium-sized apartment. His dad was a stay-at-home dad. His mom was a successful dentist. He grew up in a loving household. Both parents believed strongly in creating a stable environment for children to grow up in. That's why Sam's mom, even though she was a successful dentist, she made sure that she was home by dinner time every day of the week. And she had dinner with her family, she spent time with her family, and she made sure that family was the number one priority. Sam's dad was similar. He made the big decision of being a stay-at-home dad to provide support for the children and provide a, a, an ideal environment in which the child, in this, in this case Sam, can grow up in. Both parents felt this way because they had grown up in environments where their parents weren't really there for them. And so when they got married, both Sam, Sam's parents, that is, when they got married and they had Sam, they gave birth to Sam, they decided that let's make sure he has the best environment possible to grow up in. That was their number one priority. And Sam, so Sam had the luxury that many of us didn't, where he grew up with two parents in a very loving, stable household. Now, one drawback to Sam's living situation was that seeing as he lived in a single income family, they didn't really have a lot of money. Sam's mom was a dentist, so she earned good money. She had a good salary, but it was still a single income family. So they were comfortable, but not super rich by any means. And the reason that was a downside for, for, for Sam is that he didn't have a very cultured upbringing. It was a very monocultural and monolingual upbringing. He never even left New York City. He never traveled anywhere. He'd stayed there his whole life. And he had no exposure, rather very little exposure. You get some exposure since you're in New York, New York City to different cultures and such. But generally speaking, he had very minimal exposure to other cultures and other languages and other ways of being. Call it a sheltered upbringing. <clears throat> That's probably the best way to put it. A very sheltered upbringing. Sam, going through school, had a very positive experience. He had friends, his classmates liked him, his teachers liked him, his grades were good. He went to college in New York City. Uh, his grades were good there. Everything was, I suppose, very stable. Stable is a very, stability is a very, was a very important theme in, in Sam's life. When Sam went to college, he studied in, the, he studied in sciences. That's what he selected as his major. His goal at the overall was to get his bachelor's degree in sciences. 
and then he wanted to go to med school and eventually work in the field of cancer research. His overall dream was to contribute to, um, contribute to the eradication of cancer. He wanted to help find a cure for cancer. I think this is the, the first life lesson we can pull out from the story. I think it's admirable to work towards something that is, that is selfless, that is bigger than ourselves. It's very admirable, and I'm, I admire Sam for doing something like that. Something that we should all do. I think it gives our life a sense of purpose. And in, Sam case, in Sam's case, that was definitely what happened. He was driven by doing something that was much bigger than, than himself. And that was something that always gave him lots of energy and motivation on a day-by-day -day basis, knowing that he wanted to do what he could, do his part to end or rather find a cure for cancer. So after he graduated, he walked the big stage, he got a certificate, he had his cap and his gown, parents are clapping in the audience. He was a bit tired from his studies, so he decided to apply for med school. Probably maybe one or two years later, he wanted to take a small break from his studies. He moved out, uh, he got an office job, he had a small apartment where he lived, where he's able to pay the rent and everything with his full-time office job that he found. And life was going pretty well. Until one fateful day, where it actually makes me sad to think about it. Unfortunately, Sam's parents uh, died in a car accident. They were driving on the highway, and unfortunately, they, someone hit them from behind, causing their car to, to, to lose control. And both of them, unfortunately, passed away in the car accident. And that was a tragic moment for Sam, especially since he had such a loving upbringing where he was very close to his parents <clears throat> and it was almost like his whole life he was walking around on solid ground and suddenly almost actually here's a better analogy it's like he was walking on a frozen lake and he never realized it was a frozen lake he thought it was a solid ground because for the first 23 plus years of his life nothing uh, he'd never faced any real adversity Everything was sort of taken care of for him due to his loving home life and caring and supportive parents. But suddenly, the ice broke out from underneath him, and he's in this ice-cold water that he didn't even know was there. And he's flailing his arms, trying to figure out what's happening. He can't tell left from right. He's trying to get out of the water, but he can't because he's under a frozen lake, and he can't find the hole that he fell through. He's almost drowning. He's holding his breath. He feels the cold water around him. It's, it's utter chaos. That's how Sam felt after his parents died. <clears throat> and I think this is where we get life lesson number two. Adver well, two life lessons, actually. Number one, adversity is important. Adversity reminds us that we're walking, that we're always walking on a frozen lake that could break at any point. When you face adversity, you know that and you're more prepared for it. I'm not saying that you could prepare for the death of your parents. That's just tragic and that's really hard. But that leads us to life lesson number two. When we're going through tragedy, it's important for us to feel the emotions that we're feeling. You cannot be in denial. Imagine falling through a frozen lake and being in denial that the frozen lake is broken and you're now in water and you start to breathe. You're going to drown. You have to feel the emotions you're going through. You have to ride you have to ride out all those emotions. And eventually you do have to figure out how to get back on your feet. Often you're going to need something external to help you get on, back on your feet. 
And in Sam's case, it was something that you wouldn't necessarily expect. Sam's co-workers had noticed at his office job that he was feeling down and sad. And one of them used to go to a karate dojo. And this friend of Sam invited him to the karate dojo. And he said, hey, come to karate with me. Come. Just come with me. I've known quite a few people that have found an extra sense of purpose through martial arts and through physical exercise and physical activity. Come with me. Sam was not a very active guy, but he decided to go with his friend. And karate in many ways was a saving grace for Sam because it was physically challenging. It gave him something to focus on. It was, it was a high level of discipline, which is important. And I think that's another life lesson for us, to, for us to all learn from here. Sometimes you need that external help to get pulled out of, of misery and sadness. We need that external help. We need that friend who extends their hand to say, hey, let me try and help you out. In Sam's case, it was someone who invited him to karate, of all things. <clears throat> and it really helped him. Physical exercise is very good for us, and physical challenge, things that are challenging and things that we can progress at is very motivating. In fact, it's actually why a lot of people after college, after university or college, they struggle because they, they work so hard for 22, 23 years to get their degree, and they are motivated by the process of getting the degree, but after they graduate, they don't know what to work towards anymore. That's why a lot of people continuously go to classes and keep going through school and get their master's and PhD because they need something to chase and they don't know what to chase. So martial arts for, for Sam or for Sam was, it gave him something to chase. It gave him, he wanted to get the next belt, the yellow belt, the brown belt, the blue belt, the black belt. He wanted to move up in the belt system. He wanted to progress. He noticed his progress and it pulled him out of that frozen lake. It pulled him out and it helped him get back on his feet. And this is where things become very interesting. One day, Sam walks into his karate dojo. He's finally back on his feet. Life is going a little better. And he sees that there's a girl in the karate dojo. And he's like, oh, she's pretty. He's attracted to this girl. Their eyes lock. The girl, little did Sam know, also thought that Sam was good looking. And also was like, oh, look at this guy. I, he's, look good, he's good looking. And both of them were starting to have feelings for each other. The girl was on a one year was there in, in, in New York City on a one-year work visa. She'd been there for three months already. She had nine months left on her work visa. And she was from Japan originally. She came to US because she wanted to improve her English and she wanted to experience a new culture. It was her first time in the USA in the USA, but she traveled around in different countries growing up. She'd been to South Korea, she'd been to China, she'd been to a variety of different countries. But that was her first time in America. So Sam and this Japanese girl, they get talking, they hit it off, they're getting along. There are some language barriers, some language gaps coming up because English is, oh, by the way, the girl's name is Sakura. Sakura's English is, uh, it's her second language. So there are some language gaps from time to time and language barriers, but they're getting along. And eventually they start dating. Probably about, it was about four weeks later, four weeks from the day that they met, they started to date. And wow. What a glorious time it was in both of these people's lives. Sam, who had just really gotten back on his feet after the death, the tragic death of his parents, <clears throat> now he's entered a new phase of his life where he might find love. And he really, he really had strong feelings for Sakura. And Sakura had strong feelings for Sam. 
Sakura's English improved quite rapidly after meeting Sam because of because that love and affection she had for Sam was was almost like a fire, almost like a fuel. I think fire is probably the right word. And I think this is a lesson us language learners can take away here. The stronger the reason to learn a language, the faster we learn. The stronger the reason to learn a language, the faster we learn. And in Sakura's case, there was no there was no better reason than the fact that she really cared for this guy and she wanted to communicate with him. She wanted to tell him her stories, her upbringing, how she how, how she saw the world, share herself with him. And she can't she couldn't do that unless she had a good grasp of the English language and could do so in a in a in a thorough, accurate, and eloquent way. So her English, she doubled down on her English and she really wanted to improve and she did. She improved rapidly. And that fire that she had in her spread to Sam. Fire spreads, does it not? If I light one blade of grass on fire, that fire spreads. So the, the fire that was driving her passion to learn English and her now her newfound need, I suppose, to learn English spread to Sam. Because Sam was thinking to himself, man, I'm seeing this girl, she's learning English. Maybe this is going to become a serious relationship one day. I'm going to meet Sakura's parents. I'm going to want to talk to them. I'm going to talk. I'm going to want to talk to Sakura's friends. I better learn some Japanese. So we downloaded Duolingo. That was a starting point, as many language learners do, which is a great way to start. It's fun. It's gamified. It's a lightweight manner in which people can start learning a language. So it, was, it, was, it worked quite well for Sam initially. Now, as many, language can, as many language learners can probably relate to this if you've used applications, applications run their course. And this is a language learning lesson that we can learn from Sam's story. Applications generally work for a while, but then we have to move on to something else, generally speaking. And that's what Sam experienced. After a while, he, wasn't, he didn't feel like he was truly learning by using Duolingo. So he started to Google, what do I do to learn a language? Remember, he'd never left the country. He'd never learned a language, monolingual, monocultural guy. Eventually, he took some classes. He watched some YouTube videos. He started to go, this is pre-COVID. So he started to go to different uh, uh, meetups in the city where, with Japanese learners. And he also started to progress very quickly. And again, I want to stress the reason here. It's that love by the way, love is the right word because they did love each other despite the fact they hadn't shared it with each other yet. They were in love with each other, which is an important plot point, by the way, which we'll get to. Um, but the love was a real driver for, for Sam. And it was, a, it was a strong reason for him to learn the language. And as I said before, the stronger the reason to learn a language, the faster you're going to learn. The stronger the reason to learn a language, the faster you're going to learn. And Sam and Sakura were benefiting from this. So they're going, they're dating, they're getting closer and closer. But there's an elephant in the room, isn't there? You might have already noticed the elephant in the room. The elephant in the room, the problem in the relationship, which smart, which started off as a baby elephant, but it grew pretty damn big Or as time went on. Gradually, slowly but surely, it grew, grew pretty damn big, this elephant in the room. For the English learners who listen to this, Elephant in the room is an expression that means that there's a problem. Both of you see the problem, but neither of you are talking about it. And the elephant in the room was that Sakura had to go back to Japan. She only had a one-year work visa in the USA, so she'd have to go back home. So both of them, 
both of each other, both love each other. They haven't expressed it. They love each other. They haven't said it. And there's the elephant in the room that she's going to have to leave. So that started to negatively affect their relationship. As, as they got closer and closer to Sakura's departure date to go back to Japan, they, the elephant in the room got bigger and bigger. So what started off as a very small baby elephant that stood between them, now it was a massive 30 foot, 30 foot tall and 30 foot wide elephant that stood between them. And it distanced them. And they started to feel that distance. They, they, they noticed it. No one said anything. Neither of them said anything, but they both felt it. It negatively impacted various aspects of their life. It affected their language learning studies, that's for sure. If you think about it, it's logical because the stronger the reason, the stronger the reason to learn a language, the faster you learn, well, it goes the other way too, doesn't it? The weaker the reason to learn a language, the slower you learn. And because they were feeling that distance in the relationship, Sakura found herself thinking, why am I putting all this effort into English? I'm going back to Japan soon. I don't know if we're going to be in a relationship. What the heck is going on? This is confusing. I'm probably not going to come back to the States. Maybe I don't need more English than I already know today. I'm pretty good now. Do I need to keep learning? I don't know. I only came to the U.S. not to find a guy. I came here just to experience a new culture for a year, work abroad, learn some English, and go back home anyway. I miss my family. Sam was thinking to himself, why am I going through Japanese here? I mean, she's moving away. I don't know if we're going to stick down together. Like, why am I doing this? So the, the reason to learn Japanese had diminished a little bit. So their, 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 their progress diminished a little bit. Of course, for the two of them, that's the least of their worries because their relationship, feeling distance in the relationship is way more important than feeling than the lack of progress with their language learning. Eventually, it was about a month and a half before Sakura's departure to go back home to Japan. And both of them, Sam and Sakura, they knew it. It's time to talk about, it's time to address this massive elephant in the room. It's time to address it. It's time to talk about this. And they were out on a date. They had a nice dinner together, a very subdued dinner. They weren't really talking much, to be honest, with each other because they both inside knew that there's a problem here that we have to talk about. After dinner, they went outside, they found a nice park bench to sit on. It was nice weather, thankfully. Pretty secluded area, there weren't many people around. They're sitting next to each other. Sam's arm is around Sakura, he's holding her close. And even though they're close physically, they'd never really been further apart emotionally than that particular moment. They were super far apart emotionally, despite the physical closeness that they had sitting next to each other. They turn to each other. Sam turns to Sakura. Sakura turns to Sam. They look at each other. And Sam says it. He says, Sakura, I, th I think we've got to talk about something. Tune in next time where we learn, where we talk more about what happens in Sam and Sakura's story. I hope you enjoyed this podcast episode. I hope you enjoyed this different format. I hope you're able to pull out a few tidbits of information in terms of life lessons as well as language learning lessons from Sam and Sakura's story. And uh, I look forward to continuing the story next time. Bye for now. See you.